This is a Career Channel program from UC San Diego Extension. Visit us at www.uctv.tv careers for videos, employment news, and trend articles to help recent college graduates and grads in career transition bridge to better employment. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this wonderful occasion. My name is Armin Afsahi with UCSC alumni, and uh, it is my absolute pleasure to welcome you here today. I know we have a lot of students here, right? There you go. I guess the way we get a bunch of students to come out a week before finals is to have Nick Woodman and his family from GoPro be here. Yeah. Good. You gotta love a guy who loves his own, the product he's created. <laughs> so, Mark Twain once said that the two most important days in a person's life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. And the journey that you all go through when you come to this campus and you experience UCSD for yourselves is really a journey for that discovery. You come here and we hope that you begin to realize why you're here and where you're going. And over the last several years, we've been witnessing the journey of one of our fellow graduates who followed his dreams, started it with a bunch of people that he went to school with here, folks that he lived in Muir College, folks that he went surfing with at Blacks in Del Mar, folks that he took finals with. And from that point on, he started his own journey to begin to understand and start answering the second part of the question. So today, I'm not sure we're going to get Nick to tell us what the answer to the second question is. But we are going to have him and his family tell us their story. And what we want you to sit and listen and hopefully internalize is that his story can be your story. And uh, we hope that happens today. And uh, someone that is so important to all of our lives, someone who has the stewardship of the well-being of all the students, all of our alumni in the broader community, and someone who takes that stewardship so seriously is our Chancellor Pradeep Kosla, who I would like to ask to come up and say a few words. Ladies and gentlemen, Chancellor Kosla. Thank you, Armin. Thank you, Armin, and welcome. Well, I've never seen so many people in this room. This is great, because usually when I'm up here, there's no light out there, and I only see darkness. But I tell you, this is a great day. This is a great weekend where we have many, many, many alumni here visiting us, coming back home, as I want to think about it. And amongst those many, many great alumni, there are two people that I want to recognize this afternoon. That's Nick Woodman and his wife, Jill Woodman. Nick tells me he was employee number one, and he tells me she was employee number two. I talked to Jill, and she says she got Nick to work, not the other way around. <laughs> well, I don't know how many years you've been married, but she's always number one, okay? You are number two. <laughs> That's a lesson for all of you to learn. Well, we're going to hear... 
We're going to hear an amazing story of this young man and how he followed his dreams. And I'm going to let him talk about it. Armin is going to be moderating. But let me tell you, like when I was meeting with him earlier, he said, you know, I did not get admitted to UC San Diego. And I thought he had a trick up his sleeve because you could come here without being admitted. Well, it turns out he appealed. And I am so glad that somebody in admissions was reading and reading carefully. And they saw in his application something that they should have seen up front right away. But I think what this tells you about this young man is this whole notion of persistence, this whole notion of focus, this whole notion of following your passion, right? And as Armin was saying, you've been disappointed in your life, I'm sure, at some point or the other. And today when you hear from Nick, you'll realize that that's just something that happens to all of us. We just hang in there and we keep on going at it. And in a few more years, I'm going to see some of you come back here and be in Nick's place and come back and tell us what a great life you've led and how UC San Diego made that happen. So thank you very much for being here. Nick Woodman, sir. You guys ready to get this started? Well, he walked in a little early, as most entrepreneurs do. And he created a big, big noise. So, ladies and gentlemen, Nick Woodman. What's happening? What's happening? Where do you Let me sit here? You want to stand? No. You can do whatever you want to do. No. So. I just want to put my little friend there. Because I want to show my children that I actually did this. this is, I've got uh, uh, almost four-year-old, two-year-old, and a uh, three-month-old. So I figure I got to document all this so that they, uh, you know, they believe that, that this all really happened. When I say hard work can get you somewhere. That's right. Well, it is. I can tell you it is happening. And uh, first of all, welcome back home. Thank you. And I know you just landed about an hour and a half ago. And we just brought you right back to campus here. So tell us, what was it like coming back to San Diego and then stepping back foot on this campus? You know, it was, I made the same wrong turn that I did the first time that I, I, I literally, that I drove here. And I came up, I had to double back and come up Gilman and uh, had the same first view that I had on the first day that I came for orientation, uh, driving in with my dad. And I, it was the first time that I'd ever been on campus because I decided to come here without ever visiting the campus. Uh, as a kid, I used to come visit family in La Jolla, and that was like all I needed to know. I, 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 just, I just needed to be down here. And I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area um, and found a... Yeah. And uh, I, I like the weather down here, and the waves are better down here. And, and uh, this was the... Uh, I had a deal with my parents that... Um, I got into uh, to Berkeley, but I didn't get in here. And I was terrified of going to Berkeley because it was so close to home. <laughs> and my, my parents said, well, you, 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 know, you know what we said about you being able to pick where you can go to school? Yeah. As soon as you got into Berkeley, that choice went away. <laughs> You're going there. And I made a deal with them that if I could get into San, UC San Diego, would they let me go here? And this is where I wanted to go. It, and my motivation was it was the best education combined with the best surf. I mean, I'm just... 
just just being just being honest and um i i wrote a very uh earnest letter of appeal and uh thank god i got in and uh the rest is the rest is is the history that we're continuing to write yeah what was what was the case that you made do you remember yeah i i promised that i would i would really uh uh buckle down and put my put my head down why are you laughing <laughs> my wife is laughing i made the dean's list <laughs> uh, in my freshman year i i think i made it i think i made it once or twice and uh then kind of fell from there but um i i promised to really devote myself and 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 make uh the most out of the education that I wasn't coming to party that I wasn't coming uh just to 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 screw around that if UC San Diego would give me the opportunity I would really make something of myself at the school and and um so that's you know thanks for taking a a flyer on me and um the the lesson there just is never give up never give up because if I went to Berkeley I don't think I would have had the I I you know that life is a winding path and i just don't think i would have had the same uh interests and inspiration there that uh, led me ultimately to my idea for gopro well we have to find that uh admissions officer who accepted the appeal and thank them yeah cuz it's it's been great beers on me yeah so you <laughs> so you um you chose to study visual arts mm that's your degree of record mhm tell us about that education the education you received and that program what it did for you and how it helped you uh see things differently when i wrote on my sat i think they still they still are they still called sats um i'm serious i don't know um uh it said what do you think your 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 career path is and i i put uh, international law and business which i guess uh i i mean i i do a lot of that now but it and and it just shows that i had no idea going in uh to uh school when i came here what i was going to do with the rest of my life i was basically on the conveyor belt that um the area that i came from kind of put you on you look around at what all the other moms and dads are doing um and you just figure that's what people do and it's not until you come to college that you really start to think for yourself at least for me and my friends and um So uh I started taking, you know, economics courses and some other courses like that and I I was horrible. I actually got a D. It's the first time I've ever kind of failed at something was um that class. And I took it again and knuckled down and I got like a B minus. And I mean I tried as hard as I could. And what I realized is I just have no interest in this. I just am not interested in this at all. I just the only reason I'm taking this course is because I feel like, you know, you 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 should be really good in your economic studies if you're going to go on to like make money. And I mean, that was really as complicated as my thinking was. And but at the same time, Muir uh was encouraging me to take, you know, all these liberal arts studies and I started to take classes uh that I never would have considered just because i i decided that i should experiment and see 
And I think Mirror actually requires you to take these classes. So it was a forcing function for me to, to discover a creative side of myself that I never knew I had. I was an athlete in high school. I, you know, I was okay at school, and I definitely wasn't you know, going to art class. And um, so in taking these writing courses and, and, and acting classes and um, visual arts classes, I realized, this is awesome. I love this. And, you know, I ended up being the guy that'd be up all night at campus uh, constructing some installation art piece on campus and then standing off to the side in the morning to see how people would react to it. And that's what really jazzed me. And I figured, God, if if this is what I love to do, then I should just be a a visual arts major. Um, And I actually had to go, you know, I I don't know if it's still the case here, but... um, us visual arts majors took a lot of heat at UC San Diego because people would say, oh, that's not a real degree. Uh, what are you going to do with that? Because this is a very science-driven school. And my family and everybody would, would say, ask me the same thing. And all my friends were bio majors, and you know they're coming back from OCHEM classes, and they're just fried, and they're like, how was sculpture today? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Finals are going to be gnarly. You need to like shave that wooden block. You must be super. You must be super stressed out about that. Uh, and and but because because the visual arts degree here is because this school is so science based, it was visual arts with a purpose. And uh, what I now know is that the degree I got was more of a visual communications degree. And how do you engage an audience? and deliver a message in a manner that doesn't hit your audience over the head so much that they don't want to listen to you anymore. Uh, The the visual arts program taught you how to um, basically um, get people to believe in whatever your vision is through a visual medium. And when I think about... um, what I do at GoPro, that's exactly, I mean, I use my, my, my degree uh, every day at work. And in fact, when I was starting GoPro, I had no business experience. Other, I mean, I had a failed business prior, but, and so I learned some things there, but I didn't learn how to build a business like GoPro and um, build something like a real, like a thing, right? And then, and then uh, the packaging for it and the advertisements for it. And, and, and I literally... I remember the day I thought, okay, here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to treat it just like an art project that I would have had at school. And I'm going to use found objects as much as possible because we didn't have any money in college. And so almost every art, it was kind of a joke in the visual arts department. Remember, it was like, oh, another found art, a found objects project. (laughs) Um, Just recycling things and turning them into something new. And that's what I did with GoPro. I mean, the first camera was literally, I didn't know how to engineer a camera. The first camera was a, a camera that I found, a found object, that I could go and repurpose, make some subtle tweaks to it uh, with the factory, uh, mounting points and whatnot, and then take that to market. So people say, how did you engineer the first this camera? This is the first camera? The first GoPro. I think it was one I lost. <laughs> no, was that entitled? You, you must not have put it on right. <laughs> um, was that thing... Remember, you guys remember the shake in the arm? That camera doesn't come off. So, Neil, did that camera ever come off? You surfed Totos with that camera. Did it come off? No. Neil Dana, everybody. Have a, stand up, Neil. So, Neil graduated UC San Diego way before me. He's really old, but he... <laughs> he, uh, he, he, he so, 
I was employee number one, Neil's employee number two, Jill was employee number three, and Neil uh, headed up all of sales at GoPro um, and really helped me take it from an idea into something that it is today. So Neil deserves a huge round of applause for, for actually, it's his first real job. But, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a windbag about this, but the, the, the visual arts degree with the found objects, I mean, the first GoPros already existed as cameras, right? The, 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 and I made subtle tweaks and then reintroduced it as something new. And it wasn't until we had success as a company that we had enough money to go and enough experience to know we really needed some engineers to go hire people that could design cameras from the ground up. So that is a concrete example of what uh, uh, the visual arts program taught me. Uh, all the, everything you need to succeed in life is already out there. Y you don't need a ton of money. And uh, just go be scrappy and be uh, dedicated and, and you, can, you can build your own GoPro. Let's go back just a little bit before GoPro and uh, you talked about your first venture, uh, which you say was a failure, Funbug. Um, how did that unfold, and what did you learn during that experience? Well, I was uh, 22 years old, and I decided that, thanks to my degree here, that what I really wanted to be was creative for a living. Uh, and I wanted to be what I thought of as an inventor. And I, I didn't think much about the business you have to build after you have your idea. That was, you know... Uh, ignorance is bliss because you just don't know what you're getting into. Um, but I knew that I wanted to be inventor and I would give myself until the age of 30 to succeed before I would go get a job working for somebody else because I'd want to have a family and everything. So I figured, oh, my 20s are a good time to take big risks because you, you don't have any children and you have no overhead so you can really, you can live out of your van and you can really go for it. And um, so I started thinking of business ideas and I came up with the idea for funbug.com, which was an online gaming company playing retro video games and fun parlor games and such. Um, and it was a social gaming company before its time, and it was awesome. Um, but the problem was that um, it, I, was, I was passionate about the, um, the creative process, but I wasn't passionate about the actual thing I was making. And I didn't know how to turn it into a business. It was an advertising revenue business. And I was definitely not passionate about selling ads. And so when it came to that point of the business to start to make money selling ads, like I just didn't, I didn't even know what to do. And unlike GoPro, where I was really psyched to figure out how to help people capture photos and videos of themselves doing whatever they love to do, because I want that, um, I just didn't have the same passion for advertising. And at a crucial point, we weren't able to get the company profitable, and the market crashed in 2000, 2000, 2001, and uh, we, we couldn't raise any more money, and we had to sell the, we had to sell the business for nothing. And um, I lost $4 million of other people's money, and it was, it was, that was the second time I failed. First time was economics, class at UC San Diego. <laughs> And, uh, but remember, I went back and I got a B minus. So I didn't give up. And uh, the second time I failed uh, was when I had to close down the business. And that was hugely traumatic. Not because I failed, but because I, people believed in me. And I, 
you know, I realized, oh my God, maybe I'm not that smart because I didn't pull it off. Um, and that influenced, you know, uh, my, the way that I started GoPro was bootstrapping it and not taking anybody else's money. And I said, I'm not going to lose anybody else's money ever again in my life. And uh, if it takes me a few years longer to build this business, then I'll do it that way. But I won't have the stress of, of, of other people's investment. And then, you know, over time, um, my mom uh, loaned me 30 grand. Uh, and we launched GoPro on $65,000 um, and a sewing machine. Uh, I had... Uh, 35 grand saved. No, I had 30 grand. My mom loaned me 35 grand over the f- two years. I went through it all. And then right when I ran out of money, I started selling cameras and I started to make it back. And then my dad over a couple of years loaned me a, a couple hundred thousand dollars to build inventory. He always believed in me. And so the GoPro that you guys know today was, was built on and has always been built on uh, 265,000 bucks, which, uh, is not a lot of mo- It sounds like a lot of money, uh, when you're just getting started, but it, to, to build a company like GoPro, it's, it's not very much money. And people say, how did you do that? And I say, because I was passionate as hell about it. And I hired friends like Neil, who was passionate as all get out, Jill, Justin, all my friends and family. I mean, we had the work ethic where you would, you would you'd drive the Penske truck through the night to Salt Lake City for the trade show. You didn't sleep. You'd spend the next night building the thing, the trade show booth. And then just when you're finishing it, it's 9 a.m. in the morning and the doors open and the trade show starts and everybody comes in and you all look at each other like, we haven't slept in two days and this thing is starting. Bring it, you know? And, and that's the way it was for years. And, and um, I would say that the lesson learned for me to anybody else out there interested in starting a business is please find something you're passionate about because it's so much work, it's so much time, it's so much effort. But if the subject matter is something that you, you genuinely love uh, to be involved with, it's, it's not going to be that big of a drag and it's not going to be that big, much work. It's going to be incredibly exciting and, and rewarding because to your point, you'll feel like you're living your, the life that you're meant to live. Great. Um, in one of our conversations up in your office, you... You talked about those days between Fumbug and uh, GoPro taking off. And uh, there were some difficult weeks and months in your life. Can you talk? Hi. In, in the days before? Yeah. When you Sorry, were I was distracted by my, my camera. <laughs> I'm also ADD. Uh, so the transition, <laughs> literally, what did you say? The transition between Funbug and GoPro and how it led me to the inspiration. Yeah, you were spending a lot of time by yourself and just really working you know, on you, solving you say the problem. I, I was a recluse? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, this gets back to, I, I, so I, my, my first business I, I, I tanked at um, 26 years old. And um, this, again, not giving up, right? And... Uh, I thought, okay, I got four years left uh, to make it as an entrepreneur. And I have no inspiration, no idea, and I'm a little bit gun-shy, right? I mean, maybe I'm not good at this. And, uh, but I, I had told myself, 30 years old, do not give up until then. And after six months of no inspiration, um, I decided to go on a surf trip and travel around Australia and Indonesia for five months surfing. Um, 
to surf, yes, but the main reason that I wanted to go was uh, uh, to be immersed in my passions and my interests because that's when you're turned on and that's when you have a lot of great ideas. Right? So anybody who's gone traveling, you, you know, you have some of your most creative um, thinking when you're on the road and you're meeting people from other countries and you're experiencing other cultures and smelling foreign smells and tasting foreign foods. By definition, your senses are totally turned on right? And all synapses are firing. And it's when you have some of the best ideas. And, um, so I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go, uh, hit the road. And, um, it just so happened that we were going to be visiting some of the best surf spots in the world, some of the best time, uh, seasons to be there. And I knew the surf was going to be incredible. And I wanted to document my experience because I thought this might be, you know, the, the, the only trip like this I ever get to take. And so in preparing for the trip, I went to go work on this concept I had for a wrist camera that would allow me to shoot photographs of my friends while we were surfing because I became passionate about photography here at UC San Diego. And one thing led to another. The prototype was awesome. And the light bulb went off and I realized, holy smokes, I think I just had my idea for my next business before I even left on this trip, which is supposed to, to bring me the inspiration for it. So the trip turned into an R&D trip for me uh, to develop the idea. And it was the first surf trip that I have ever been excited to come home from. Normally you're bummed. You're out of money and (laughs) you wake up that morning and you're like, I have to go home today. And it's really depressing. In this case, I was really excited to go home because I'm like, I'm going to go start GoPro. I didn't know the name of the company yet, but I'm going to go do that. And... um, uh, I, I think that, the, that, that there's another lesson there, which is coming up, saying, I'm going to come up with an idea is a really difficult thing to do, right? It, it just, it, by definition, you need inspiration, right? You need something that struck you over the head. And for me, uh, I think that from what I've seen, that one of the best ways for people to become inspired is to go do what you love. Because what's going to happen is you're going you're to enter an excited state, this is okay. This is science. This is very scientific. This is great for UC San Diego. You're gonna you're gonna enter into a very uh, heightened and and uh, excited state uh, where the RPMs of the brain are gonna kind of rev up, and you're you're just gonna start thinking about things that you wouldn't think if you were sitting down at a desk saying, "We gotta come up with something awesome." What's awesome? I mean, it just doesn't work, right? So I and and. And I think that um, getting back to passions and, and finding who, you, who you're meant to be in life, um, I think that, that passions are like fingerprints. We all have different ones. And you have to ask yourself, why do we have passions? Like, what is it? Right? I mean, what is a passion? Passion is something that compels you to go do something. So why do I have that? Well, as soon as you start thinking about it like that, you say, well, Jesus, isn't this kind of obvious that the passion that I have is potentially the roadmap to my life? And it kind of gives you chills when you think about it. And so if you really want to live your life to the fullest and realize yourself to the fullest, and it doesn't mean it, it involves making money, it just means that it, it, it involves being you to the fullest. And so if your passion is your sort of blueprint, uh, then 
um, I think that that it's a, a it seems clear to me and at least it's been in my own life and it's careful not to like map your own life onto everybody else's but my god we all have these burning passions and some of them are easier to turn into businesses than, than others but I do believe that sometimes your passions it's not that you make your career out of it but your passions may lead you to do something where you meet somebody and that meeting leads to a relationship that leads to something that leads to something and one morning you wake up and you're like my god I can trace my happiness in my career all the way back to that bike ride I took when I met Johnny and Johnny introduced me to Sarah and Sarah had this incredible idea for something that I didn't even think about I'd ever care about and now I'm in this you know place where I'm doing what I love to do in life I don't know but but it's worked that way for me and um, I think it's it's we're, we're two in this day and age where we're all we're not, I wouldn't say we're all, but where a lot of people are maybe focused um, on getting ahead or on careers or whatnot, um, maybe just make sure you take enough time to pursue your own personal passions in life because they might help you get to where you're ultimately trying to go. A, a, guy, a kid out on the, a price center asked me, how does it feel to be a billionaire? And, I, and I, I, he kind of caught me off guard and I kind of gave him a stupid answer. And... I, and um, <laughs> Uh, I think some people here want to know. And, 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 and as I was walking in here, I was thinking, saying, like, wow, that was like kind of a, 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 an interesting question. And um, he asked me, how does it feel? And he literally asked me, he said, how does it feel? Is it feeling different than being a millionaire? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like I said, I said something stupid. And... As I was walking, I thought, you know, the truth is, is that that's not what brings happiness. Like it makes me feel like I get a little choked up when I think about it. What, what brings me happiness is that I love what I do. Yeah. And, 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 and every day, uh, there were periods where I've woken up in the morning and I, I turned to my wife and I say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still unhappy because there's been periods at work where it hasn't been fun. But, but there's, I, I'm, I'm happy to say now I'm in a, in a place where I wake up every day and I'm, I'm super psyched to go to work every day. And I get to, to work on a subject matter that I love with people that I love. Um, there's ballpark 800 employees at GoPro now. And the culture of hiring friends and family, sort of that, that culture and those hires beget more like hires. And so the, the culture is just like one big family of people that are, are all share a similar belief that we come, everybody's got to work. So why don't we just all be super friendly and collaborative every day and, and then work with our friends and then this won't be so much like work. It'll still be like driving the Penske trucks and setting up the booth and everything. It's, it's a lot of work, yeah, but when you're sitting across from one of your best buddies and everybody has like the right uh, emotional approach to the job, it's, it's, it's awesome. And, um, and then for me, the, uh, uh, one of the most magical things about GoPro is we're helping the world uh, capture and share um, their passions, right? And this is where this whole thing about passion comes full, full circle. People say, how is it that GoPro is so successful? I mean you're not that smart and you're 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 going into business against some really big competitors and it isn't it just a camera and like 
I thought the smartphone was killing cameras and what's the deal? And the deal is, is that um, for the first time, thanks to GoPro, people can turn the camera around on themselves and can document themselves engaged in their passions and living out their lives. And whether your passion is surfing, whether it's building a weather balloon and sending it up into near space, whether it's putting it on submarines over its scripts and checking out contours of the ocean, whether it's whether it's whether it's it's just it's it's endless. People want to self-capture themselves engaged in their craft and their passions. And before GoPro, if you wanted any footage of yourself doing anything, you needed not only a camera, you needed another person to hold the camera and film you. You needed them to have some skill with the camera if the footage was to be any good. And there were all these pain points that resulted in most people never having any footage of themselves really doing anything. Um, And when we enabled people to self-document and share these experiences, two things happened. One, they've people feel immensely satisfied to see themselves living their lives, to see themselves with this chi boosting uh, energy coming out of their faces. And they say, God, I, I, I look happy and I look good, right? We're not used to seeing ourselves on a big screen looking good. And so people establish this really amazing connection with GoPro for making them feel good. I finally get to see myself living my life and it makes me feel good. And the second amazing thing that happened is then they go and they share it, and they share that experience. And their shared experience of from these captured from these fabulous perspectives where they're looking good um, was really fun for other people that don't even know them to watch. And because we we are enabling some of the world's most active and passionate humans to capture these experiences, the content's pretty groovy. And um, ultimately, the karmic kind of payoff is that we're helping the world communicate in a new way. So what's, what's the, f- you must have seen millions of these videos. I know a lot of us get the GoPro video of the week. What's been... We have a video of the day, too. You video know? of the day. Well, I only get the one of the you're week. Bu- you're so busy. I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what... Chancellor is you- on video of the day. He's just all day. <laughs> I'm watching my GoPro videos. <laughs> we should strap one on him. I think that would be good. You up for a day in the life of the Chancellor cruising around with a GoPro on? <laughs> but he gets to pick the day, so... He gets to edit it. Yeah. So, do you have a favorite? I mean... You... Yeah. yeah. Uh, well... My wedding... Uh, definitely is a highlight. Um, of course I had a GoPro in my hand. Uh, <laughs> uh, and as you, for the kiss, well, after the kiss, I pulled it out and to walk down and see all of our, our friends and family. So I, I'm walking down with my bride and I, I have the camera behind me and you know, an experience like that is such a blur, right? But I can go back and watch and see all of the faces of our friends and family, like, you know, just so elated, and I get to see their passions and relive that, and um, that comes to mind. The, uh, otherwise, it would just be like this mushy memory of, I know it was great, but I can't really remember anything about it. Same for the birth of our children. I wore um, a GoPro... Uh, <laughs> Uh, 
I, I actually, I wore, so I wore a GoPro for the birth of my three sons. Um, and um, again, a, a, an experience that is a total blur unless you have it documented. And, you know, and I could have either held a camera or a smartphone and, and experienced that, that uh, event through an LCD screen, a filter, uh, or if I wasn't looking at the camera, I, I would have filmed the doctor's shoes. And so that would have been worthwhile. So, but by wearing a GoPro, I was able to hands-free document this experience from my perspective. And now it's like we can teleport back to it, crack a bottle of wine, and, and watch. Uh, now, you know, she, she had a... Co- I can't wait for Jill to come up and tell her side of the story. It's, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I won't go into detail, but it's not what you think. And uh, I actually did, though, use, um, you know, a couple of the, the babies were born C-section. And I, I used to prove to people when I was, when I was doing a fundraising round, um, uh, because we did build the bu- business off of 265 grand, but we also have taken on additional capital just to build out a big, beefy war chest uh, should we need it, but we actually haven't spent it. Um, and, and, you know, the debate was a few years ago, oh, it's just a sports camera. And I'm like, oh, Really? check this out. And I show them the birth of my son. I did. Brilliant. I did. And uh, I remember after we raised, after we raised the money, uh, the, the, the head of the fund asked me to give a presentation to his limited partners, you know, a room like this, everybody that invested in his fund. So they were, they were indirectly through the fund investing in GoPro. They want to learn about the company. And I showed them the video, and he came up to me after. He's like, "You know, you really don't need to show that video anymore." <laughs> <laughs> it's a great story. Yeah, but but a recent one is uh, who here has seen that pelican video? The pelican in Tanzania. Oh, that few. Oh, wow. Okay, we got some work to do. So, who here knows that GoPro has a the GoPro channel on YouTube, and you can subscribe to it? It's like. It's, 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 think of it as your, your, your once a day amazing one to two minute fix of some incredible thing that happens somewhere in the world. And it's, a, it's not a big, um, you know, uh, commitment. It's just 30 seconds, 60 seconds, a minute 30. And the, the programming are things like this pelican orphan that was um, a, uh, an animal refuge in Tanzania found an orphaned pelican after a storm and nursed it to health and they realized this pelican never learned how to fly. And so they taught the pelican how to fly uh, by running up and down the beach with it, uh, with the humans flapping their arms. And the pelican learned. And the most amazing thing and why I'm able to tell you this is because the, the workers at this refuge uh, had a GoPro. And they very uh, uh, carefully zip-tied the, 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 the GoPro to the pelican's beak. Um, it didn't hurt it. It's all good. And they documented the, this whole thing. And, and you, you, you can tell the story in, you know, a minute 30. And it shows them running up and down with it, and then it shows the pelican kind of trying to get itself together, and then the pelican goes for it and learns to fly. And you literally go uh, for a flight with the pelican. The camera's out at the end of the beak looking back at it. So you see the pelican's eyes, and you see its full wingspan as it's cruising over the, uh, the ocean um, 
in Tanzania with the jungled shore just right there. And it goes out for a short, you know, 30, 40 second flight and comes back and lands on the beach. And it's a total, you know, emotional experience when you know that this was the Pelican's first ever flight and it was because of humans' love and care for it. And th those are the types of experiences that we love to see people capture and share uh, with, with their GoPros. And it, it creates this deeper uh, understanding the world has of itself. Thank you for sharing that. Um, did so it, it touched you? It did touch me <laughs> a little bit. Choked up here. <laughs> I want to fly like a pelican. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well. Could we do that? <laughs> yeah. So I, you were talking about passion and, and your values and, and what you, who you and what you've surrounded yourself with. And I know the few times I've come and visited you up um, at your office, you know, you, you I, just I, come for the swag. Come for the yeah, <laughs> that's always nice. But we get you get to feel that you get the life that you have built and the work life that you've built with, in your company. Um, it definitely uh, it, it is very much aligned with what you're saying. It's magic. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty special. But in terms of your a day in your life now, I mean, today, I mean, just what's what's your life like today? Give us a glimpse of that. Well, I try to, um, so I'm, I, I have horrible time management skills and I am ADD, um, but I think that's a good thing because it, it works for me. But um, I, try to, uh, I try to protect time for family. So I try to not schedule anything before 10 so that I can wake up with my wife and boys. Now, I try. This is not work most of the time, but um, we're exceptionally busy right now. But um, mornings are sacred so that I can have uh, breakfast with Jill and the kids, get them ready for school. Jill takes them to school, uh, and then I'll usually have my first meeting around 9.30 or 10. Uh, and because I know that once I'm in the office, it's very hard to get out of it. And um, it... And it's because there's a lot of work to be done, but also because it's very addictive, because it's so much fun. It's so exciting. And like I said, I get to work with people that I love, and we're working on fantastic projects that everybody around the world seems to love, and the, the feedback loop is hugely satisfying. Uh, so who wouldn't love to go do that you know, all day, every day? Um, but my days are split between... Um, I'm heavily involved in product, so... Everything from, you know, what should the logo look like? Is it positioned right? I'm, I'm very uh, specific about stuff like that. Um, packaging, design reviews. I'm still picking out the, each photograph on the packaging. And people say, you got you to gotta delegate. You got to give that up. And I'm like, no. There's a few things that, that I'll never give up because uh, it relates back to uh, my visual arts passion. And, you know, I own that and um, heavily involved with the brand um, uh, strategy. And, and, um, but I'd say I get to go, I kind of have a dream job. I get to go from meeting to meeting to meeting, uh, sitting down with people who are smarter and more passionate about me in their respective fields. And then I'm sort of the thread that stitches it all together right? And so every meeting I get to sit down with people and work on crazy challenges and projects and I'm just blown away by what these people come up with. And so in a sense my job's kind of easy because I don't actually 
do a lot of work. I'm just more like bumping stuff to the left and to the right and then uh, encouraging people that they're on the right path and that this, their work is fitting into the overall master vision for the, for the company. Uh, but it, there's so much of that uh, going on that it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a full day. And, and one of the blessings of the, and the curse of GoPro is um, that uh, you know, we constantly have to reinvent ourselves. In technology, it's like as soon as you've launched it, it's, it's already starting to become outdated. And you got to come out with that next thing next year. And so it's just this relentless pace. And, uh, and that GoPro is involved in so many different areas. It's like that in so many different areas. And it used to be a drag because we'd go to these trade shows and these other business owners would be after the trade show. They're like, yeah, we're going skiing. You guys want to come with us? <laughs> just like, how does that work? We have to actually go back and write? I have to go back and, and, and continue building this thing. And now, you know, it used to be a drag. And I used to think, well, we're not very well organized because other people are able to go out and do all this other stuff after the trade show. And what I think we all recognize now is that the vision that we've all been working on was, was just quite a bit bigger than what these other businesses were doing. And the result is, is that now GoPro is quite, quite a bit of a bigger business than any of those other businesses are. That was a very long, long answer to what do you, what's your day like? <laughs> That's actually what my employees' days are like, is listening to me do this and me. So you know. what, what words do you think they would use to describe you after you leave those meetings? <laughs> I don't know, Justin. Justin? <laughs> what do they say? No comment. No, just kidding. No, everybody loves you. I mean, it's inspiring. What else is he going to say? Inspiring. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, I say passionate. You know, and, well, I, and I hear it all the time. Like, ah, your passion, your passion. I came to work here because of your passion. You know, I wasn't sure about GoPro until I met you and saw how insanely passionate you are about this. And now it's this, this, this opportunity, this vision, and how much bigger it is than, than I thought before I came and talked to you. And um, I think that you know, people love to, to, to feel that they're working on something that has meaning. And if, if the leadership in the company is really instilling a lot of meaning into it with their own passion, uh, I think that's a big part of what makes GoPro so successful. And they would say he goes on too long and this meeting was supposed to be one hour and it was two and a half hours and, <laughs> and yeah. Well, on the topic of passion, we know that um, you met the love of your life here on this campus. And uh, That's another thing visual arts gave me because I met her in art class. Uh, well, I would like to ask Jill and Justin to join us here and... Uh, get to learn a little bit about you, Nick. Jill and Justin. And you had a major role in the early days. And, <laughs> and uh, so tell us what those were, and maybe if you could, share a couple of stories with us. Uh, well, we all wore a lot of different hats, so some more fun than others. You know, the collections part wasn't so great. Uh, planning all the trade shows. It was fun. Uh, I started really in sales. I'm not very salesy. So he would sit behind my shoulder 
while I'm making a sales call and I'm talking to the person and they're talking to me and he'd be whispering in my ear, you should really say this. Oh, answer him like this. And, you know, I'm trying to listen. It was, you know, he's a perfectionist. So, uh, but he did teach me a lot and I, I, uh, I miss those days. It was, it was really fun. Um, those drives in the Penske, you know, Neil would be driving, falling asleep. Very scary. He's a narcoleptic. (laughs) Nick would be asleep in the passenger seat, and I would be in a stool in the middle. There was no seat. And uh, and then we'd all be sharing a hotel room. A lot of dudes around. Uh, And whenever I would complain, Nick would say, you are going to miss this one day. Remember this. Oddly, we never took any photos or video. Uh, <laughs> it's true. But I really do miss those days. I loved the camaraderie, and the guys were just so great. Um, I don't miss the barn where we worked. Uh, we didn't have a floor. Uh, we didn't have a door. It was freezing. We had five cats around. Um, and I was allergic, and there were three of us uh, that were working on the bottom floor, and then Nick had the loft hovering above us, and he would overhear all of our conversations, like, don't forget that point. (laughs) It was awesome. (laughs) This was at the start when you were just beginning to sell to small surf shops all around the country, right? Yes, yes. I, uh, you know, surf was tough. I would have to call these guys, and they're, you know, young guys who just cared about surfing, and it was really hard to, to get them to listen initially. Um, but that's why it was so rewarding, say, the, the first time we saw one of our displays in a surf shop or, or when Nick was on the cover of Surfer Magazine, it was full circle. It's like we made it. We made it in surf. It was, it was cool. All right. Thanks. Jill handled all of GoPro's U.S. retail business. Every retailer, REI, you name it. She, she grew and managed that sales business. So you're being a little bit shy. <laughs> the the tough, thank you. The toughest part was uh, everyone was so passionate as well. So I'd have these buyers on the phone wanting to tell me how they were using the camera and about the car they were souping up and, and the trip they were going to take and a lot of detail. And it was a lot about cars. Or <laughs> I'd be like, I've got a lot of calls to make and a lot of emails to get through, but everyone was so sweet and passionate and I'd want to hear about them all. And it was great to meet them at the trade shows and give big hugs. <laughs> and, they still, and they still ask where you are, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Justin, I mean, what does it feel like to still work with someone who you went surfing the blacks with 17 years ago? Yeah, I mean, thinking back to the days of, you know, sprinting up the hill from blacks after a good surf session just to try to get to the top of the quad. I don't think it's probably called that anymore, but, you know, trying to get back to, to Toke to, to get our meal, uh, you know, for the night. Um, I mean, to where we are today, and I mean, just to allude to what Jill was talking about with the customers and 
you know, just all the passion that exists in the world and how we've been able to tap into that and have a product um, that really helps support people's passions and to be able to share that. And I think what's special about GoPro is that we've got this great core group of people from the early days. Um, and like Nick said earlier, it's, it's not like work. I mean, to get to go into the office with, you know, somebody that you hung out with, you know, almost 20 years ago, never would have envisioned that we'd all be sitting here in front of this crowd at, at our alma mater, um, you know, having this discussion. But so it's just, it's super special. And I don't, you know, take it for granted at all. Have any, has any of you changed? It doesn't, look, it doesn't feel like you've changed. <laughs> Yeah, ironically, I mean, you would think that this would change you, and obviously we've changed. We've grown a little a lot. older and slower and <laughs> can't really get, don't get in the water nearly as much as we used to. But, um, but you know, at the heart of it, I think we've, we've stayed pretty true to ourselves, and I think because we've had each other to, to support ourselves, you know, support the group, um, we've been able to stay true. Look at Neil. He hasn't changed. No. Nope. Look, this guy. is number two at GoPro. Stand up, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Yeah, Neil. <laughs> so we have a lot of students here with us today, and I know, um, as you can see from the non-GoPro cameras, this is also being um, filmed because we know a lot more want to see it. They're probably in class, we hope. Um, so... Any of you, I mean, what kind of advice do you have for today's 18 to 20-year-old or 22-year-old who, who has these big dreams and they look at entrepreneurs like you and they want their dreams to come true? What, what would you tell them? Well, I mean, for me personally, I worked in uh, the brokerage industry prior to coming to GoPro. And, um, you know, we stayed in touch over the years. I got some of the early cameras, you know, some of the prototypes. Nick was asking, like, hey, dude, go surf with this. Give, give me some feedback. Um, and I saw sort of where it was going and definitely was not passionate about my previous job. I think the, the best thing about that job was that early hours, I got off work at like 1.30 or 2 so I could go surf, you know, just about every day of the year. Great for that. Great to support my addiction for surf, my passion. Um, but ultimately, I wasn't that happy with the job itself. Um, so when Nick gave me the opportunity to join GoPro, um, I mean, I jumped at the chance. And I think that, you know, talking to my parents, they're like, what? You're going to go join this tiny little camera company with your friends? Like, you're crazy. You've got a good job. You've got benefits. Like, you're on the path to work at this job for the next 40 years and get a sweet retirement. You know? Sweet. <laughs> And I mean, I think I'd, I'd personally told myself after about maybe three or four years, I think the market had had some issues, and, and I told myself that 10 years, that was my limit on staying in this sort of what I felt like was a dead-end job. Uh, so fortunately, Nick had the opportunity for me, took a pay cut, no benefits, and, and really just took the chance. And I think that you know, the advice would be to take risks, you know, and, and go after your passions and things that you feel are the right path for yourself. And don't get caught up in sort of the BS of you have to have the, the nine to five job and this career path and you've got to be promoted and you know follow that sort of standard issue, you know, like way of life, so to speak. And, and I think that so many people in the world are doing so many amazing things. Look at that, like take that as inspiration and you know follow your own passions and dreams. 
and you can do it just to just to to uh further what you said use your 20s to really go for it i mean it's the perfect time because again you have no overhead you can fail like you can fail every year when you're in your 20s right and you're fine because you don't own a home you don't have children uh, you, well, okay, well, I'm just, we're, we're thinking about us, and some people, you know, do, but if you, if you don't, if, if you don't have um, any, uh, if, if you can fail and there's no collateral damage, then just go for it, and um, a lot of uh, people still, you know, they get out of college, and the, the 20s are still like a, 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 a decade of of party time and, and just sort of cruising and, and you know, I'll, I'll get serious when I'm in my thirties, but I mean, it's a little bit backwards, right? Because if you can just completely go after it in your twenties, um, by the time you're in your thirties, you know, you might wake up one morning and be like, wow, I'm really stoked that I made all that ground in my 20s and now in my 30s I can, I can really be enjoying it instead of just getting started. Uh, and if you decide that you're going to take risks in your 30s, I think that that's tougher because you just start to take on more and more um, overhead and growing a family and it just becomes more challenging. So it's, I think it's a little bit counter to what most people think, but in Silicon Valley anyway, uh, l- look at all the people who are starting the businesses they're all young people that ignorance is bliss. They don't know any better and they're just going to go after it. And a lot of them crash and burn uh, and, and a lot of them don't. I think it helps to not look so much at the end goal. I mean, it can be overwhelming if you think about how much work it's going to take to get there. You know, it kind of paralyzes you or we definitely had our moments. Um, Still do. Yeah. So if you just take it each day at a time, what is my to-do today? And you keep your head down and you're just marking off those small achievements. You know, it, it keeps you going. So from this point forward, how does the story, Nick Woodman or the Woodman family, how does the story unfold? <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully it, it, it evolves to where our children understand that GoPro moves don't mean like recklessly throwing your things off, your, yourself off of things and getting stitches. Our, our four-year-old, he's not even four yet, and in one year he had uh, stitches on his chin, eyelid stitches, didn't even know that was possible, uh, stitches on the chin again, then stitches in the forehead... I think what I'd like to see in the future of the, the Woodman family is our children realizing that GoPro moves are when they stick the landing. Uh. <laughs> Very yeah. good. That's good. <laughs>